Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 213 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. It's my favorite coffee. You can order it online. It's roasted by a musician. I mean, it just keeps getting better. They'll roast coffee specifically for you, ship it to your house, and all you got to do is grind it up and drink the coffee and enjoy. That's that's that simple. You just go to CouchtownCoffee.com, find a coffee you like, Make an order, and when you do, let them know Audible Farm sent you, and they will give you 20% off because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. I got Couchtown Coffee right next to me, uh, as a matter of fact. I love it. I love it. Drink it every day. It's my favorite. You guys will like it, too. Check it out. CouchtownCoffee.com. Thanks, Couchtown. This episode's also brought to you by the patrons on the Patreon channel. For $1 a month, you can join the Patreon channel and watch video versions of the podcast. $1 a month is $12 a year. That's all it costs to uh, watch all the video versions of the podcast. Otherwise, it's always going to be free on the audio versions. But those uh, people over there on Patreon are really kind of helping me crush this along each and every month. So I, I just figured I'd have to say thank you to each and every one of them. Uh, it's just something that uh, it's, it's an over-the-top way to support the podcast, and I really, really appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you very much to Nate and Eric and Vince and Ronley and Andy and Abby and Matt and Harold and Justin and Travis and the McAllister Hours and I gotta get uh, McAllister Hours is a podcast from Iowa which is that's really cool that they're supporting us so thank you very much for that otherwise American Made Music a band from Iowa is supporting us too gotta give a hats off to that thank you very much to the band American Made Music supporting the podcast I really appreciate that one dollar a month patreon.com slash audible farm thank you guys this episode I'm sitting down with Mike Walsh. Mike's been on the podcast before. It's uh, It's been a while, but he has been on the podcast before. Do I have it? Let's see here. Episode 154 was the last time he was on. That was uh, the summertime of last year, August of 21. So it's kind of cool to get him back on here again, get another update. He's been crushing it. He's been doing a lot of stuff. So we sit down and talk about all that stuff. We talk about a debut album coming out November 29th. That's coming up real, real quick. Uh, at the time we recorded this, it hadn't been released yet, but guess what? It's out now. The music video for Tennessee, it's out there. October 29th was the release date. Uh, go check it out. I watched it. Uh, in the episode, we're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're trying to like talk our way around it because it hadn't come out yet, but it has come out, and I watched it, and I liked it. It's on the Audible Farm channel. There's a playlist on there for Iowa music videos, and it is on there, so check that out. If you guys are uh, into the music videos, there's a whole YouTube playlist I've created specifically for Iowa music videos that I could find, and uh, it's there. So we talk about playing shows. He played a, a show that was, uh, I guess, South by Southwest adjacent. Uh, we talk about that this year, and that's, that's kind of a cool story, you know, to be able to go down there and play those kind of shows, playing shows all over the states, uh, hooking up with some booking agency and uh, booking some shows, uh, doing some duo shows and possibly doing some full band shows, and, you know, just basically what's changed since last time. Uh, I really enjoyed having Mike on last time. We really hit it off pretty well, and he's he's been out there just doing a lot of work this last year and a half, and it's it's cool to go out there and see that. We talk about that in the upcoming episode, too. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. This one is episode number 213 with Mike Walsh. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. All 
I'm uh, sitting down today with Mike Walsh. Mike, uh, you and I actually met via this very podcast. You kind of reached out and were like, hey, I want to be on the podcast. And that was a while ago. I actually have, I actually sat down and did the research this time. That was uh, August 26th with the last episode that you were on. It was uh, 2021. So yeah. uh, episode 154, if you're here for the first time, there's another episode out there with Mike. But uh, what what all's changed since then? Because I see you online. You've been busy. You're playing shows, mm-hmm. very very literally from one corner of the state to the next, yeah. like which is wild. It's like man, he can't get any farther up in the corner than there, you know. And it's pretty wild. So you're playing all over the place. So let's let's kind of go down the line. Let's see what's changed. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, this last year has been um, my busiest in terms of recording and playing shows. Um, I say it's like, oh, not a whole lot. But when I think about it, actually a whole lot has changed. Just playing more shows, uh, getting in the studio. And like you said, um, I've been getting a lot of shows over in the uh, eastern side of Iowa uh, that I really enjoy. Uh, But just branching out, playing new places, uh, just pushing to always keep getting more shows, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – that's something I, I saw, like, when I when we first met, I was like, well, let's, I'll see what kind of shows he's played. And it's like, yeah, he's played around a few places. And then, when you know, we became Facebook friends. We did the podcast together, and I kind of watched you over the last year. And it's like, man, he is taking some crazy bookings all over the place. I mean, yeah. even a couple outside of the state. Yeah, um, Omaha and then, um, let's see, uh, just right across the border in uh, Illinois. Okay. Uh, kind of like in the... Uh, that Davenport area. All right. Um, and then I guess, yeah, like the more that we talk, I remember, and then went down to Austin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By Southwest, which is awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, what's the, uh, for the people that don't know the intrigue of South by Southwest, let's like give a basic rundown of it. So yeah, it's just the meeting of not just, uh, you know, people in the music industry, but they do a lot of like art and film, uh, once every year, come on down to Austin and have a huge uh, music festival. I mean, you can go literally uh, from like one venue to the next to the next. There's live music, live music in their downtown area. Because um, where I actually played uh, was at a brewery uh, close to Austin, but just right outside. So even like there, just music around that entire area. That's wild. I've, I actually like heard that there's like places down there that aren't even venues that may not even be bars that are just like, we're having music this week because South by yeah. Southwest. And it's like, yeah, you're a laundromat though. And they're like, I don't care. Like <laughs> there's going to be bands in here playing. Yeah. Like one of the, one of the places, uh, that we uh, hit up when I got done playing, um, was it was in a, like a parking lot. Um, and I, it was some sort of like restaurant, um, like Airbnb deal, so it wasn't necessarily a bar, mm-hmm. uh, but it was cool because they had live music. Yeah, yeah, I love. I mean, the more live music you play around the state or anywhere, like yeah. we all kind of will figure out that. Uh, I mean, there's like no real limits to to what can or can't be a venue. I mean, it doesn't have to be South by Southwest either. But uh, yeah. I mean, I do recall uh, with the punk band I played with, Three Finger Betty. I I might have mentioned it on the podcast once before, but we played in like in the outskirts of Chicago at uh, like a Mexican restaurant. And it was like literally yeah. like an actual Mexican restaurant. We're playing like loud punk music while there's like 
families with kids and they're eating food. It's, sure. <laughs> it was just like, oh, okay, all right. Like, <laughs> That's so, awesome. So, yeah, anything can be a venue. But it's really yeah. cool going down there. Like, uh, going down there, was it something that uh, you had planned ahead of time? Or was it you were, you were just kind of like, ah, I mean, I know some people down there? Or, uh, yes. So, yeah, at the time I had uh, – I was going through a booking agency – um, and so through them, uh, they were able to get in contact with the venue there and they kind of put on their own little showcase. Uh, otherwise I, I probably wouldn't have even like really thought about it or I would have thought about it, but not actually, you know, gone down there like, well, it's, it's a ways, you know, I'm playing shows here, but yeah. I kind of was like, you know what, uh, let's go for it. Cause I'd never been to, uh, Austin, let alone like Texas so I'm like, I'm going to make a, a trip out of it because I was able to then see some other bands that I wanted to. Yeah. I mean, if, if nothing else, you get the experience and you have a story that like other people don't have. And I know that's like cliche for people to be like, <laughs> I played in Austin, Texas. And it's like, yeah, yeah, but you did. So you can say, yeah, you can say now, like, I, now I can say that. I can't say that. So that's cool. You know, I would, I would, it's not like I would be like my, in my Twitter bio or anything, but it would, I would <laughs> yeah, be telling yeah. people for sure, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, it's like a lot of the other stuff in my life or like the music stuff. I see an opportunity. It's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take that up because I don't know when it's going to come up again. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, there's even some of those situations where like you take the opportunity and even if it doesn't pan out, like, you know, we all want to think that the oh this is going to be amazing i'm gonna you know yeah. whatever's gonna happen there's gonna be a billion people there they're all gonna love me but at the same time like even if it doesn't turn out that way even if there's 20 people there and half of them don't, aren't yeah. paying attention it's like this is still fun because you're out there at a place doing something and there's always going to be somebody there that's entertained by what you're doing and yeah. um i mean that's that's something i i don't know why but i would i would take a small attentive crowd over a large non-attentive crowd any day uh, yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. <laughs> Especially if they're interacting with you, like while you're on stage, like between songs and stuff, like, yeah, it, seems... it makes the, the whole experience a little bit um, more enjoyable, or at least I'm up there playing, not thinking, man, do these people hate this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse than like getting done with a song and just being like, oh, I just crushed that. And like, you're like, get it, you strum the last couple chords out and it's just like, yeah. And you look around and nobody does much. And you're like, wait, did I do good? I can't tell anymore. Like, yeah, am, am I still good at this? I, I don't know. <laughs> but it happens. And, you know, you just you keep on playing. At least like you, you know, you, you put on the best show that you can for people. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that's important, too. You know, you can't, just because it's a small crowd doesn't mean you can just be like, meh, and just, like, not interact with people and not care, because, uh, like we said, sometimes those are the most fun crowds, too, so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I remember was the last time that we had sat down was I was just kind of like, all right, I'll listen to Mike's catalog, and we'll see what's yeah. going on here. So I listened to everything up until pretty much halfway through 2021, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's like a One More Beer. Uh, I believe there's a music video for that one. I've got a, yep. I've got a koozie for that. Uh, my old man takes it and like walks around and he's like, "Hey, who's this Mike Walsh guy?" And I'm just like, "Ah, he's a podcast guy, man. He's, he's awesome. got to get on the podcast. You know, you check it out." Uh, but it's fun, you know. It's koozie says one more beer. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. Uh, but yeah, so like we had, I had listened to some of your songs up until then, and then mm -hmm. you know, leading up to this, once again, it was just like, "All right, deep diving." 
once more back through because I had listened to the singles when they came out when you posted them and stuff. But this is like, all right, we're going back through and we're going to try and analyze this. And I'm sure. trying my best not to be like, because I'm not like a music critic or anything. But it, <laughs> it seems like your uh, songwriting has changed just a little bit. Um, maybe not a ton, but like, sure. um, one of the songs that definitely struck me was, I wrote it down, it was Daydreams. Uh, I feel like there's like, like a high production value going on in that one. Not Absolutely. that there wasn't in any of the other songs that you've, yeah. you've come out with, but like that one, I was just like, man, this one is, this one is definitely a change of pace from what yep. I expected it to be. So I did, <laughs> yep. I did want to ask some questions about that. So what, how's yeah, the songwriting changed since the last time we talked? Yeah. So, um, that's always such a difficult question because I, it's almost like I don't know how to put into words exactly like how that idea for that song came about. I know that, uh, the, the, so the lyrics I wrote, a lot of the, um, like chord structures or the basis of the song, um, uh, the two guys that I play with Alex Chapman and Sam Ripley. So they like originally wrote, um, like I said, kind of like the chord structure. And I basically said, Hey, I really like this song. Uh, do you care if I make it my own? I'll give you guys credit. And they're like, yeah, go for it. So, um, I just, I really liked it. It was, um, a push for me like musically. Um, and then the lyrics also, um, that song in particular, and the reason why I released it as a single is because it is different than a lot of my other stuff. I think it just the tone of how it sounded, those lyrics um, is what I came up with because I think that one really took maybe you know like ten minutes to write, and I'm like, okay, these are the lyrics and small tweaks here and there, but it's like don't think too hard about it, but kind of make it a little more in-depth than the other stuff that I've done. Um, but yeah, it, it's really hard to answer. You know, like how, how, how did that idea come to you? I don't know. I think I just, I just sat it down one day. I was in the mood to write. And then that's what came from the tone of the song. You know, and that totally makes sense. Uh, I'll tell you what, if anybody's listening to this, if you listen to some of Mike's stuff before, if you haven't, go listen to a couple of singles and then just go pop that song on. You'll be like, whoa, something's different about this. And then you'll yeah. realize that like, Oh, the title of this says daydream and the lyric content like it it well, exactly what you're saying makes sense because yeah. the song is is that different and that's you know that's why this one doesn't have like a somber yet cheerful vibe to it mm -hmm. uh, that I feel like a lot of your songs seem to have if that <laughs> does that make sense Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like you were talking about uh with um that one in Tennessee that came out and really the whole album that I'm working on um to put it very simply, I spent put a lot of money into it because, like you're saying, the production value. I wanted it to be a, a step up from uh, my other releases. So um, that was another thing um, in the studio, um, wanting to uh, the production value make that a little bit um, uh, not better, but basically like more presentable than my other stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I mean. I don't even know if like the the t you're right the term isn't necessarily better cuz I feel like like especially yeah. like uh, if you listen to like I said if you listen to Daydreams it's almost like you had like a completely different producer on this one you know like that's oh. like the first thing that came to my mind <laughs> it it could be the same re recording setup and the same recording everything yeah. but it's just somebody else is steering the direction of the yes. song a different direction you know and yep. it's 
It's like, oh, yeah, you know, and you sometimes you just need that one other person, that one other mind in there to say, let's do this a little bit or let's change it. Or if we do it this way, then I can do this yeah. on my end, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, like, I'm sure there's tons of stuff in there you, you don't necessarily think about adding until you're sitting there and somebody's just like, let's add this. And you're like, yeah. you're like what? And then it's like they throw it in there and you're like, holy cow, that sounds so good. Um, yeah, because I, I think that that song and a lot of them, I had one idea. And then Brian Vanderpool um, at Golden Bear uh, Records. So that's where we recorded. Um, so he runs that studio. Uh, but then also he produced uh, the album and these new songs. And a big thing, especially with Daydreams, is, is I told him, I said, this is one song that um, if we're going to if you have any ideas that you want to experiment with, then I want to. I, I want to try and, and push this that specific song um, try some new things and like I absolutely love what came out <laughs> yeah I mean sometimes that's the best green light you can give somebody uh, I remember talking with like a, a physical artist like a digital I guess digital mm-hmm. artist somebody that makes like, graphics for people and stuff yeah. they like that's what they want they want you to come to them with a shell that is descriptive enough to give somebody more than enough of the basic idea of what they want and then just kind of let them have it you know, because yeah. then it's just like, yeah, I want this or that and this and I want one of these. And then just whatever you think the rest of it should be. Throw me some of your ideas in there, you know, because you're still going to get your basic idea. Everything you wanted is still going to be in the end result. Plus, you're like the final green light on it anyways. So mm-hmm. if, if it. Yeah. I mean, really, the the only things would be like um, the lyrics that I wrote and unless through the process, I'm like, oh, you know, I can phrase this or word this better. Um, but, but that's why I like collaborating with other people because I have an idea and then somebody else might say, well, what if we try this? I'm like, oh, that actually, that would sound better. That would fit better. Um, and even with the, uh, new album artwork as well, um, the guy I went to, I had some ideas, but then also specifically said, um, like, here's the song. Uh, I want you to create what you think is going to match the tone. Because for me, like I said, I'm not like, nope, it has to be this way. If it's not this way, you know, I I don't like it. I'm not like that. I kind of want to collaborate a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I I totally understand that some people want to have like, there's, there's probably multiple levels to it. Like some people are probably just, you know. Let's go to the extreme. Some people are probably just megalomaniacs. And they, I'm right, and this is the way it's got to be. But some people just kind of probably feel like there's like some integrity that they're yeah. like, I have to do this all on my own, you know. And that could be mm-hmm. that could lead to people, you know, recording at home and then not oh, sure. p- putting out their best album they could when they could all they have to do is go across town and and have yeah. somebody help them. And wham, it's it's infinitely better just because they know what you know they know what they're doing over there. Not that home recording people don't know what they're doing so yeah don't don't come at me bro but (laughs) but but yeah i mean it's it's there's so many layers to this i'm so much so to the fact where like we'd all be fooling ourselves if we didn't think like our favorite artists never collaborated with anyone for anything right you know so i mean and that that's fun to me like i said with uh, alex and sam helping write that song like to me that's fun like it doesn't have to be like no this was all me it's like no like I got together with my buddies and we made the song like to me, that's fun. Yeah. And honestly, isn't that like the aim of the game at the end of the point? Yeah. Like, yeah, we all want to get famous and rich. Well, <laughs> you know, whatever, but still like, uh, I'm, I'm in it to have fun. Like, yeah, 
I'm oh, in yeah. it, I'm in it to pass time and enjoy myself while doing it, you know? <laughs> and that's Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's cool cuz not only that, but you guys got to have fun and then in the end result is you guys get to have something at the end that everyone else can enjoy too. Yeah, and uh, I think that's that's huge. I mean, it's fun um like the, the recording process, being in the studio, like absolutely have a blast. I absolutely love doing that stuff. But then also, uh, you, you know, sharing that end product with people um, and then having other people listen to it, enjoy it. That's also fun. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the argument that is for recording is people can listen to it anytime they want to. Yeah. You know, as opposed to just having to go see you live somewhere. Um but yeah, I mean, we had talked about a lot about uh, the song Daydreams, but uh, I do also want to talk about the song Tennessee, which, um, I mean, as of the day we are recording this, I don't want to let it out of the bag, but uh, you do have a, a music video for that coming out, right? Yes. All right. Yep. So uh, when this comes out, it will have already dropped. So go look for the music video. It's October 29th. Uh, the music video came out and it's available everywhere. And it's amazing, man. I got to tell you, it's amazing. Uh, I've seen it a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kidding. We pre-recorded this, <laughs> but let's talk about that because I did listen to this. You have a lyric video for that as well. Yes, and that yeah. was and that was one of the songs. Another song where I was listening to it, and I was like, "Ooh, there's some different production going on here." And it's some of it is literally just as as basic and complex as the drums are. Is just yeah. I'm just like, "Ooh, that's tasteful right there." Mm. And it's like it's just a simple beat, but they're changing it just enough to make yep. it special. And that. I just had to like bring that up too because I just feel like there's a lot going on in that song as well. Uh, and I also, <laughs> it's another song I enjoy the lyrics to. It's a it's a good lyrically written song. I enjoy it. Uh, it's a fun story. And I uh, the music video, I mean, as of the day we're recording this, it hasn't come out. So I'm stoked to watch it because, like I said, having listened to it and watched the lyric video, I'm kind of stoked to see what comes of it. So let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so with the music video, uh, I'll just start there. I'm really excited for that because um, we we shot it at um, a local uh, bar, uh, small town Cromwell, which is like five, not more than ten miles away from uh, Creston, uh, where I'm based out of. Uh, so we shot it there, um, and then uh, Dustin Baird, the guy who uh, filmed it, um, when we were editing it. To be, like I'm so excited because it's it looks so good. <laughs> <There were laughs> the other people in the bar hanging out uh, that were in on it, and just a lot of really cool shots. Uh, so the music video, we just had a whole lot of fun with it. Um, but then, yeah, also uh, that song in particular, uh, uh, to just very to put it shortly, the the lyrics or the theme was taking a trip to Nashville. Um, with some buddies and it's an exaggeration of just hanging out there. So it's like a, you know, like a party song, hanging out, having a good time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's, I hope it's not a true story, but, it, <laughs> but if it was, it would be an awesome true story. It'd be super fun. And I, and like, once again, I, the, so the idea for it, how it came to me is that, because the actual story is, uh, my buddy and I were, were driving uh, to, I think we were going to the Jack Daniels distillery. Okay. So we were going there. Um, and we were sober, uh, but we were headed there and there was like a, a trooper that pulled around and he thought he was going to get pulled over, which he didn't the okay. guy went, or somebody else. So some of the lyrics, uh, like highway 55, that's the highway 
that we took from Nashville to the distillery, uh, the Tennessee trooper, like that's an exaggeration of what was going on. Um, and then hanging out in Nashville. That's, so that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's an exaggeration of like a true story, but that's what, that's what came to me when I was writing. So I'm like, you know, that's the story. <laughs> well, I dig it. I mean, everything's, uh, everything's, uh, what do they call it? Like everything that people see is just an exhibition of what your actual life is actually yeah. is, you know? So, and that's no different with music, you know, you can exaggerate and do it. It's yeah. you're an artist. You can do whatever you want. Sure. But, but I don't know. I, I just had to like repeat that one though, that I, I did like that song. And I, I feel like that one, I, cause when I listened to it, I was just like, I listened to daydreams and I was like, am I on the right? Is there another Mike Walsh out here somewhere? And I was like, nah, this is his YouTube channel. It says it right here. So I listened to that one. I went into Tennessee and I was just like, all right, here we go. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is right back to where we, we should be. This is in your lane again. Um, and, uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier, but like, I feel like I said, all of your, your lyrics kind of have this starting off kind of somber kind of a feel but they, they it, everything's like a joyous occasion i had one other song uh it was glad i think it was the other yep. song i was listening to yep. um which was another song that you had released since we last talked with a music video yeah. and an ep i believe might have been already released for that one though maybe maybe yeah, not yeah 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 so you had an ep for that one as well but i think that was the, the other song i was listening to where it's like everything feels like it, it might be sad but it's definitely not sad and then when you get if you listen to all the lyrics and it's like the whole story is done it's like that was a nice story you know like <laughs> and, like how do you how do you do it is this are you is this something you're purposefully doing or is it uh like an influence you have from somebody like a an artist that you enjoy or yeah, the scene, once again, so for Glad specifically, um, that one was at the time I was taking uh, vocal lessons, but with that, uh, would do different writing exercises. So um, it, the exercise was, I think it was like write uh, a song that um, has a like upbeat or happy feel to it, but the lyrics are um, like the opposite. Uh, but it wasn't necessarily like supposed to be dark, but that's what like I wrote and I didn't know if that was like the angle. And so then I played it for, uh, my vocal teacher and she's like, yeah, that's awesome. So <laughs> I was like, okay, then I'll record it. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I, once again, like to me, that song looking back, like, uh, it's like, oh yeah, I recorded that song, put it out there. People liked it. But at the time I was like, I don't know. I don't know if people are going to like this. I don't know if people, what people are going to think of it, but I'm going to put it out there and see what happens. And, um, even with like how you're talking, the difference between, uh, daydreams in Tennessee. Uh, so they're going to be on the same album. And with the album, uh, there's some songs, there's a song for everybody. At least I feel like that on there. (laughs) Because uh, there's ones like Tennessee, and then there's Daydreams. Um, there's some that are a little slower paced. Um, so there might be some differences, like on the album, and I don't want to say like inconsistencies, but there's definitely not like one theme. But I'm hoping that people will still enjoy it. Um, and like I said, they were recorded at the same place and produced uh, by the same uh, guy, so they're going to be uh, similar. Um, but there's also differences, but to me, I mean, that's pushing, you know, my musical, uh, boundaries. Yeah. And I mean, if, 
I think about like all of the songs, like with the exception of probably like ACDC, you've got to have some sort of variance in your albums. And I'm not trying to pick yeah. on the ACDC, but they, no, you know, exactly what you mean. <laughs> they wrote one song 400 times and just kept getting rich off of it. Every, every song and every album was back in black. Um, so you can't quite have that, you know, you gotta have yeah. some variance. Um, yeah. I mean, if that was if if every song I released was similar in tone and, and aspect and everything, uh, I would just release singles because everyone would just enjoy it every time I released it, and that would just be the end of it. They would never get bored of it because you know, get a song a month and that's an album a year and you just yeah. something like that, you know. You just yeah. I mean, I definitely. I mean, this is me though, not being a songwriter. However, I will have to say I've been trying hard. I've been because I'm just like jealous all you guys you write the songs. They sound so great. And I was like, I want to try to be able to do this. And it's <laughs> it's not an easy task. I, I was just no, I mean, even the other day I sat down to write and I hated every single thing that I was putting down on paper. So it it's hard. I don't I don't know where. Um the only thing that I do know that's interesting, at least for me, is um I've got to write sober. So to me, uh, like I've written before, I'm like, like have a few drinks. And I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm feeling good jamming out on the guitar, write some stuff, come back to it later. I'm like, that was dumb. That, that did not sound good. <laughs> so I really got to be in, um, like I talk about, so my own, you know, like mental space, sit down and it, and it might, you know, hit me one day. I'm like, okay, today I'm ready to write. And the other day, for whatever reason, what was coming out, I, I didn't like anything. So I don't know. There's some days where just I'm able to write and other days where I'm like, nah, just not feeling it. Yeah, it makes sense, though. I mean, everyone has like a headspace they like to be in to do just about anything. But have you ever tried to like, while you're like trying to write music, if you had a couple of beers or whatever, like when you're get it all written out and stuff and you're kind of jamming it out. Have you ever like tried to record it on your phone, like just as like an audio memo and then listen back to it? Like the next day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so that didn't change anything then, I guess. <laughs> and I'll and I'll do that. That's another thing I guess I'll do. Uh, use, you know, my phone to do the voice memos. If an idea comes to me while I'm just like driving, you know, wherever, doing something completely um, unrelated like music, I'm like, you know, I just think of something. Um, or have different uh, notes, um where like maybe the um, you know these lyrics didn't fit um, the type of vibe I was looking for at one point, but I have you know a new song where hey let's go back and see if that fits. Oh yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was talking with somebody uh, on a podcast not too long ago about that. Like the the songwriting of a lot of people seems to be similar, but it also seems to be very different, tailored like specifically for them. But that's like the one thing I'm finding a lot of people are like, even if. Like, I'm one of those people that's like, I write something down, I'm like, this sucks, you throw it away, you never look at it again, and it's gone yeah. forever. And uh, there's some people that are like that. Um, I, I just did a podcast with somebody not too long ago that, like, he said he wrote, like, the majority of an album, and he's just like, I don't like the where this is going, and he just oh, yeah. and, and he just trashed it all. And he said, I didn't even save any of it, because I knew if I, I don't like it, and I'm, I don't want to borrow pieces of things I don't like, and sure. it's like, I guess that makes sense, but... There's so many songwriters out there that like write stuff and they're like, this didn't come to fruition, but there's mm -hmm. pieces of it I might want to borrow later for other things. And they do, and they slide them into songs that everybody knows and loves. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's an aspect to that too that should probably be 
um, at least heralded by some people. I, I get why people would have different aspects, and this is me, yeah. once again, being a non-songwriter, trying to compare myself to <laughs> you guys. But uh, it's wild to think that that is a thing also, like, yeah, just... You can have an idea like two years ago that doesn't fit into something until you have an idea three years later and all you're trying to do is make a three-minute song, you know? like Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I don't know. The whole fact that you can organize your thoughts long-term, you know, for those kind of things is uh, is pretty pretty wild. But I guess that's what technology's for. We've all got everything oh, yeah. super easy to record on and, and take notes down and stuff like that while I'm still trying to write stuff out on pencil and paper. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take little <laughs> lessons from you guys and try and figure out how to do this the right way. Maybe <laughs> I say the pen and paper that that's how I, how I write it's e- for whatever reason, it's easier to, um, for me to like actually visualize it or like putting pen to paper versus typing it out, you know, like yeah. you could. Um, but yeah, I, I normally, I have a, you know, like a journal or like, uh, like, a lyric book, I guess, if you'd say, um, that I'll specifically pen to paper, write down, uh, different ideas and lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. How about like other concepts for songs? Like, uh, how did, I mean, like we kind of went through some of these, like Tennessee, you kind of told me about the story that was like extrapolated from you and your buddy going there. And we got, we got the other one for daydreams was kind of influenced just by the music and the song. And like glad was almost just like a dare from somebody. So is that, (laughs) is that just kind of like how all these kind of come about or, or are these, uh, just, you take little bits and pieces of things that happen in your life. Cause I almost feel like this is like a comedy skit. You're just like borrowing a little bit of this from here and a little bit of this from here. And then before you know it, you got this thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, for the most part, I like I like to think of myself as like a pretty uh, like I like to have a good time. I, I'm usually you know pretty like upbeat in a good mood, so I think that reflects in a lot of the songs. Like one more beer, for example, like that specifically was written as like a party song. Yep. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, just. Um, what did you ask again? I guess <laughs> I, I I don't know. I guess we're just kind of talking about like the influences on some of this, but I think that I think you just kind of covered it there because like that's that's where it feels like uh, like in Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, you, we talked about like the state trooper coming up on you or whatever, and that's like one of those things like oh no, they're gonna get pulled over and bad things are gonna happen, you know. But it still doesn't it doesn't feel like spooky, but you know, yeah. But, it's, but it still has this kind of like cheerful vibe by the time it's all said and done, and that's. I think yeah. that's what your songwriting is kind of sure. kind of is. And I think like you said that might just come from your personality, you know, just yeah. you know, you yeah. just kind of want to be an enjoyable person and you just have fun, you know, and Right. And it, I'm I mean I'm thinking about it even when um we had the punk band in college, uh a lot of those songs were still um even if maybe they had some darker tones, still like kind of like upbeat um like you know, like fun songs, I guess you'd say. Um, so yeah, I, I think, but then once again, that's, that's something that, um, like musically, I, uh, push myself, you know, what, what more can I, um, I guess, write? you know, uh, cause I'm not opposed to some darker tones, I guess, like that's, that's the phrase I'm using. Um, but for the most part, I think, uh, just so far being in a good mood, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> writing happier songs because <laughs> the other songs on the album i i don't think there's any other ones they're all pretty uh upbeat even if they have uh some uh not like negative but like one of the songs is uh love me and it's it's like a love story if you will 
um, about like it, but it's not working out. But then once again, like I showed it to somebody and they're like, oh, well, that didn't necessarily sound sad. Okay. It's, you know, sounded upbeat, you know, so. <laughs> well, hey, man, you're just somebody that looks on the bright side of life on everything. It <laughs> I mean, like. I, I try to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so we're talking about all these different songs you've you've yeah. released over time, and, and you've released uh, singles and a, a couple music videos here and there. Uh, you've released an EP, maybe one EP or two EPs? Two, and then I called the glad because i released two songs at once three so but it's something like uh 10 songs total not on you know separately nice uh so uh i do want to also say like three music videos right and this will be your fourth one when tennessee comes out or when it's out uh this will be the third one the third one yeah yeah because we had or wait no you're right yeah the fourth one man yeah. i'm doing the research here i'm, I'm trying my best to get this all nailed down <laughs> uh so how many of these are you going to recycle any of these i don't want to say like recycle any of the older yeah. songs uh but are you going to pull like any of the ones out of uh your older in your catalog to put on this like album because i know some people are like the eps and the singles and all that kind of stuff they don't count the albums are what counts and those are the ones that i want to have like the best representation of my material. But I think the thing that might get lost on that is you might only end up with like an album every three or four years at that rate. But how is the album going to be constructed? Like, uh, it, I, my, one of my questions I actually had was like, is Tennessee going to be on the album? Like I was just, Oh, absolutely. Okay. So <laughs> Tennessee is going to be on the album. Yep. So Tennessee and daydreams will be on the album. Um, other than that, all of the other songs are, um, new, I haven't, uh, like I'm not taking anything from the other EPs and I did that because, um, I wanted basically like a fresh slate, completely new. Um, I, I didn't want to use any older songs for this album. Now that being said, um, I do want to go back and re-record uh, smile just because a lot of people like that song. And uh, as well as being able to get the production value a little bit better and my vocals as well um, have changed since then because I listen to it. I don't like how I sound. And I'm like, that was on an EP. We can re-record it. So that might be something that I go back and do. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, that's always one of the toughest topics, I think, to bridge when like musicians, especially like independent musicians, are kind of trying to figure their way through like uh do i release singles do i release it this way or that way or you know and i th i think that i mean there's no right or wrong way to eat the reese's peanut butter cup that is making yeah. making music <laughs> so like if you want to borrow a couple older songs do it you know but i i do also feel like sometimes this is like a just take a snapshot of yourself like right now and put it out there and see what happens you know cuz it's i feel like that's kind of the best representation of art but mm -hmm. uh at the same time like how cool would it be if like physical artists use some of their older media to create new media you know like oh yeah you know it's not like every time somebody made a car they threw out every idea of every car before mm -hmm. it and then just started from scratch you know sure. so um i guess there's no right or wrong way to do it but uh we've kind of like danced around it a little bit but you do have an album coming out and the date mm -hmm. that you gave me let's see if it's right is november 29th is the release date for that that's correct <laughs> all right so that'll be coming out here not too long yeah uh this episode is coming out early november so uh november 29th so 
if you're looking for that album, it's not out yet, but you can go at least watch the new music video for Tennessee. That is out. That's on your YouTube channel. And uh, um, are you gonna, do you upload those to any of your other social media, or is it just the YouTube channel? Uh, the Like the uh, music videos? Yeah. Yeah, available on YouTube. Nice. So YouTube's yeah. the place to go for that. Yep. Uh, um, we had talked a little bit about this before, but uh, you said you had recorded that at Golden Bear Records. Yes. And that was in Des Moines. Yes. How did correct. you How did you find that place to go record at? Yeah. So um, I knew that I was going to be spending a lot of money on uh, this album because I I it'll be my first album. Wanted it to be high production value. Um, was was willing to. Uh, put out the best product that I could. And so I was going around, uh, to, um, just like, um, visit recording studios, I guess like tour them, see which one I wanted to record at. And that was the first one. Uh, I like, I had a list that was just the first one that I found. I have no idea. I think I might've just like Googled, uh, recording studios in Des Moines or in Iowa. So that was the first one on my list. And instantly talking to Brian, being in the studio, like I even told him, I was like, hey, I, I'll be honest with you. I was going to tour other studios, but I'm not going to anymore. Like almost instantly, like d- the vibe was there. Nice. And so I'm like, this, this is the place that I need to record at. Um, like the, the studio and, and, and Brian Vanderpool is amazing. Um, like you just feel so comfortable being in there. Which, to be honest, sometimes is very hard, um, especially like recording uh, in front of other people because you're like, oh, man, am I going to (laughs) suck? You know, but like I just like I felt at home. I was relaxed. It was awesome. I loved the layout. I loved uh, like what he was doing and listening to the other stuff that he produced. I'm like, this is what um, this is what I need. This is what I'm looking for. You just brought up like a really big point, like sometimes it's not easy to record you, you could play the stuff a million times on, on you could have all of the same exact everything going in to record somewhere but you're in a foreign environment with foreign mm-hmm. people uh there's probably somebody sitting at a keyboard with that looks not impressed by anything ever <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not trying to say that's how all recording studios go but like if you <laughs> no, go to the, i know what you mean though. But, but you know that's just kind of how like that's kind of how i feel i'm like oh this person they've probably recorded four billion songs and yeah they're probably just like all right yeah. here we go another another song you know like even though they're probably really enthused and happy to be doing what they're doing otherwise they wouldn't be doing it in the first sure. place but <laughs> it's just like it's almost like nerve-wracking it's, it's just yeah. it's awkward you know you're just you're there playing your songs in front of people. They're going to get recorded. It, like what you're doing there is like permanent. It's, yeah. It's, it almost feels like you're at like a high level job or something, you know, but, it, yeah. but it's for you. Like, I don't know. The whole thing is just wild. It's like, it's like spending all your time to have this idea to paint right. something, but you can only paint it somewhere else with other uh-huh. people watching you, you know, like, and don't get me wrong. Like I said, I absolutely love the recording process. I love being in the studio. I was kind of sad when it was over um, just because I, I, I love being in there. I, I love recording. Um, but like you're saying, I mean, if I get up on stage and I make a mistake, you know, live at a show, I can like cover it. It's not a big deal. You move on. But in the studio, like everything, you're going to hear everything. Everything's recorded. So I guess um, – 
just recording uh, the amount of times that I have doing my own stuff, uh, recording with other people. I think I've 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 gotten more comfortable to like like you're gonna make mistakes. At least I I know that I do, and so like it's okay to go back over. Like it it happens. So like not getting frustrated. Um, and like I said, once again, it's just part of, uh, that recording process. Yeah. I mean, I've said it before the podcast, but, but definitely one of the things that I always like to think about is like how thankful I am that recording is the way it is today and not the way it was yesteryear. (laughs) I could not imagine cutting reels and tape and the the whole night. That would just be unfortunate. The whole thing would just be unfortunate. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I I um I I'll say that there's no way that I'd be able to uh, play one take with like a full band with no, without making a mistake. So that's why yeah I'm I'm glad that we have the technology that we do. Yeah. Um, but that's just it. I mean, you still have you're still recording and you still have the the. I mean, everybody does it different. Um, but if I don't like something, you know, we'll go back over it. But also, it makes editing like a hundred times, you know, faster. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You could, um, yeah. Well, I don't know. This isn't a recording podcast, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I was gonna say, you can go pick individual lines out. You can just, you can track anything specifically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, you can do it all one at a time. I know some people don't like that feel, but, mm-hmm. um, which I, I do. That's, that's what I, I, I like doing one track at a time, but that's hey, just me. It's it is what it is. I've recorded in both scenarios, and uh, it just I think it just depends on the band or who you're doing or what's going on, uh, how yeah. you want to try and pull it off. But I do re- I do recall. Let's see, your Three Finger Betty's EP. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one of those songs was a one take. Like we went to the studio, full band, like in in the same room, recording with headphones, yeah. and it was just like slam. Like there's one song done. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, it was. We kind of just looked around like. All right, like next, <laughs> next. Then, yeah. uh, that was that was honestly one of the most flawless recording uh, processes I ever had, uh-huh. and and it was funny because that one was also one of the like the weirdest because it was just like in a random basement that was like not finished with like everything. Oh, yeah. It was just cables everywhere, and it was all just set up kind of randomly, but it, it worked out so well. It sounded so sure. good. So. Yeah. Uh, I believe that day I also had like a, a crazy headache and I'm not someone who gets headaches. So it was like really weird. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do, but it all worked out really well. And that's just something to yeah. say, like, even if, even in weird situations, sometimes recording can work out, you know? So like, oh, I don't, yeah. don't, don't let any of my like craziness on this podcast deter anyone from recording. Cause <laughs> I've also been in great situations with great people and studios uh-huh. that make you feel at home and, and there's yeah. couches in there and you can sit and eat pizza and hem haw with people while you're editing stuff yeah. and just have a good time. So yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's fun spots to all of it. Um, for sure. The album once again is coming out November 29th. I also have the question of, do you have a title for this? Oh yes. Losing control. There it is. All right. And that will be out once again, November 29th, you have Facebook and, uh, let's see here. Instagram. I'm not sure about Twitter. I know you're on YouTube. I've got a pile of links for you, uh, from last time. So I'll, I'll definitely be putting those down below. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, what about releasing this stuff on physical media? So have you released anything, uh, any of your old material on physical media before? Uh, just CD, uh, but this time uh, will be CD and vinyl. 
so I'm really looking forward to that because I think the uh, the design that we got for the album is going to look really cool uh, on vinyl. Uh, yeah, I uh, I love vinyl. I'll tell you what, I, I used to listen to it like a lot, a lot, a lot, but I don't listen to it as much anymore just based on convenience. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was. When I was more hyperactive, I listened to more vinyl, but now that I'm like more calm and I sit down more, it's like <laughs> I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But uh, vinyl is the way to go. There's nothing more fun than popping on a vinyl and listening to it. It just feels like an event, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, it, it's uh, crazy. I don't know the exact numbers, but I know uh, that I've read and, and seen that like uh, physical vinyl sales like surpassed cd sales uh it had to have been like a few years ago now but basically like it's coming back um people are buying vinyl which i think is cool at the same time like you're talking about i I think i'm kind of the same way i used to be really big into it in terms of uh you know uh listening wise um but and I still will buy vinyl from uh, different bands um, that I really want, like their album. But I just I don't I don't do it as much. And maybe it's a convenience thing. Maybe I'm just busy with stuff. I don't know. Um, but I still think it's fun. And um, the fact that other people enjoy it, uh, I think it'll be really cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what about like CD sales? I, uh, I mean, you talked about yeah. that because I mean. When was the last time you went to uh, uh, like? There's no used CD stores. There's no CD stores at yeah. all anymore, you know. And there's barely even CD sections at places. Sure. It seems like I would say like the last thirty albums I've bought are like independent bands CDs, mm-hmm. you know, like and, yeah. Uh, I, it's it's more so like uh, shows. Um, like people pop them in their car, have a CD player. Um, and then radio stations a lot of times want a CD. So those are like the the biggest things, I guess, that I see, which I don't order a whole lot of them um, like as it is just because they, they don't really sell a whole lot. I don't, I don't see it anyways um, because like everything's digital. Um, and then if somebody is going to buy something physical, there's something about, I mean, even for me, there's something different about like, I have this band's vinyl, like I have their actual album, their actual record, um, that I see just in conversation with other people, uh, similar. I mean, if they see the CD versus the, um, album might lean more toward, or the vinyl might lean more towards, you know, I want that vinyl for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't get it either. I think maybe it's like a trophy almost at the same time, you know, because it's just like this thing yeah. is this is I the think, thing. I think that's, yeah, <laughs> the best way to explain it. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I'm always first and foremost shirts. Like, that's always the first mm-hmm. thing I look yeah. at. I, I get it. If I love your music, if I can stream it, I'm sorry. I'm just going to stream sure. it. I'll stream it a bunch, and and you'll get a penny. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. But like shirts, that's where it's at. But I mean, this is a testament yeah. to bands probably should have some sort of merch somewhere. But but yeah, next up is is music. I'll buy a CD from somebody, yeah. um, even if I just go plan on streaming it four thousand times and never listening sure. to the CD because I feel like I contributed directly to them for listening to it online, where they're not going to get any of the money anyways. You know? Yeah, and and, and maybe that's also why I like uh, if, when I see different bands buying their merch because. Like I know how it is as an artist, so it's like if I can like like help that artist in any way, I mean like 
merch sales, that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll buy, like you said, or even, even like stickers, uh, pens, just other merch. Um, but yeah, so I see that as like helping out um, that band, and then you also get something in return. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the way it is. You get something in return. Because I mean, there's so many times I've walked up to places where it's like, yeah. I mean, I'll just I'll just pop some money in this person's tip jar, I guess. Yeah. But I kind of wish they had something, you know. I'm like, yeah. And it's not like I'm like begrudgingly giving them money because it's like right. I'll, I'd give this person five bucks either way. But like at the same time, yeah. it's like. It'd be cool if I could get a koozie out of this or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, uh, and I think that's cool because then, then you can, um, uh, for me, like then it's, you can have conversations with, with others like, oh, like who is that? Or like, uh, you know, what is that? Oh, it's this band that I saw, you know, wherever. So at the same time, cause like for me talking to different people, like music is my thing. So I like discussing different bands, uh, new and up, up and coming bands, uh, new music. So also, like, as, you know, a uh, conversation as well. Yeah. I mean, that brings up uh, another good point, though, like, just networking with your own fans, like, the conversations you could have with your own fans selling merch to them as opposed to just having a tip jar out there. Because if you have a yeah. tip jar out there, that's cool and all, but, like, you almost can't converse with them because you're singing music when they're dumping money in the tip jar, usually. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, but if you're selling them a koozie or a sticker or whatever, a shirt, CDs, vinyls, um, you know, like, especially that uh, Losing Control vinyl that's going to come yeah. out. Uh, but yeah, if you're going to sell some of that stuff, you can kind of have a conversation with your fans and kind of talk to them too after the show or mm-hmm. during intermissions and things. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, merch can go both ways, but it like, let's all also agree that it's a pain in the butt to lug it around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, I, I've got all this stuff and then a box that's bigger than all this stuff combined full of yeah, the merch. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's inconvenient. It barely fits into anywhere. You have to walk indoors <laughs> sideways and yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we've all been through it definitely a million times uh we're getting kind of close to the end here but i did have like another question for you so sure. like when when i like i said we did the podcast last year in august and uh since then i kind of saw you start like ramping up your bookings and you're taking a lot more bookings in yep. a lot of different places and, and then you had mentioned earlier in this podcast you were going through a booking agent at one point in time is that something that uh like like a is it something that was your idea or b is it did it help you get a lot more bookings uh c do you enjoy it d would you recommend it like a million <laughs> questions like what how do you feel about this like how'd you get hooked up with a booking agent um i don't know the specifics i think once again i was just kind of looking around because uh and i'm not with them any longer uh absolutely like no hard feelings. I just, um, I wanted to try it out and it, uh, was able to get, um, some new shows, uh, more shows, but then, um, I kind of jumped off, uh, from them just like the, our contract or whatever was over, um, wanted to try it out. And then from there I was able to jump off and some of those connections I've made. Um, I, uh, like now do all my booking um, but it's really convenient because I, I did that because also specifically I was focused on other things. So I wanted someone else to do the booking uh, while I was working on writing, uh, working on the album, uh, different social media. Because I, I mean, like day to day, if I if I'm sitting down working on music, not only am I practicing, but okay, what social media content am I going to put out? Uh, look at my schedule. What do I have today? Who do I need to contact? Um, do I, did I schedule? I'm 
working with these other guys. So I'm just saying there's a lot to it that uh, if you're super, super busy, yeah, it alleviates a lot of stress because then there's somebody else booking for you. Um, at the time it was great. And then I just think when it was over, um, I went back to booking myself, uh, just how things end up working out. Uh, man, I will have to say that that's probably my least favorite part about playing live shows is booking them. And that's why I book like <laughs> one out of every hundred shows I'm in. Yeah. Because it's not like it's difficult to deal with people, but it's just a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. To, like you said, you have to, did I message this person back? Is this yeah. date still open? Uh, sure. what, what time was I supposed to be at this place? You know, like all yeah. that stuff you have to go back through. Like, did this person message me on Facebook or was it a text message or, or are they sending me Snapchats for some reason trying to book me over Snapchat? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, you never know. So keeping good notes and I, it, you just have to be organized and it's not always easy, especially if you're trying to coordinate with other people. Because like you yeah. said, you recently started playing duo shows. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. that's, for, you know, so how, up on that. how's that going? So we haven't, uh, so we haven't played any yet, but we have some dates coming up where we're going to do that. So, Ooh, nice. Uh, yeah. Hit up so, the social media. <laughs> I'd be intrigued by a duo show. Yeah. Um, so long story short, uh, Ilya, the guitarist who played with me, um, for one of the last shows we had Muscatine, um, basically just talking to him, uh, so specifically for the uh, music video release show, um, we were going to get a band together. And just because of like the layout and the space, um, it, it might have been just a little bit much. But I was just talking to him, and he's like, well, I'll play bass, and I'll, and I'll play acoustic guitar and sing. So we've been practicing, and it sounds pretty good. So we're going to try that out <coughs> a times and, and see how it goes. Yeah, the uh, the duo shows are fun because it's just especially like people. I feel like people overlook the acoustic and bass combo. There's yeah. a, there's one person up in this area that does it, and it it kills. It's amazing. Yeah. It it's it adds so much beef that you don't realize is missing to yeah. to just well, a solo like, show. I I the solo shows are nice because if somebody like asks me right now, like, hey Mike, we need a show tonight. Boom, I can do it. I can make myself available. Um, so it's just the more people you have, it's just different scheduling conflicts. Um, but that being said, uh, I would much rather play with other people on stage just because it's a way different dynamic and you can kind of like bounce off one another. So I'm really excited for it. Um, because of that as well, like playing with somebody else to me, it's more fun. Uh, that feels like a great spot to end this because it comes right back down to what we've been talking about this whole time. It's more fun. That's what it is. Yeah. This yep. is about fun. I mean, I get it. We're all trying to make some money and, and, and all that stuff. But, man, this is about fun. And it seems like you're having a blast doing this. And I think uh, I think that's one of the things that when you first reached out to me a year and a half ago, it kind of drew me to you. It's like this guy just seems like he's having a good time doing all yeah. this. So, Yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate you reaching out again, talking about so many of the new stuff coming up. Yeah. I'm excited for the new album. Uh, the new music video for Tennessee is out right now. Everybody go watch it. There's links down below to the YouTube. Click on it. Subscribe, like, share. Sh send it to your friends. Um, anything we haven't talked about that that we should talk about? Not that I can think of. I mean, we really covered a whole lot of stuff. Just thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Uh, it's always good having you. Uh, stick tight. I'm going to end the recording, but thank you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks. 
Mike Walsh is out there doing it. I mean, seriously, you've got to go check it out. Go look at what he's done online in the last year and a half or so, two years. Uh, he's, he's cruising right along. Like I said, playing shows all across Iowa. Music video just came out. New album's coming out. I mean, it's it's awesome. He's out there just, he's doing what he wants to do, and he's having fun doing it. And that's, yeah, that's what it's all about, people. That's honestly what it's all about, going out there having a blast. Uh, you know, doing right by yourself, and then you'll, uh, at the end of the day, you can hang your head high and, and say, uh, I enjoy what we put out there, and uh, everyone can enjoy it too. So, I, like I said, we met on the podcast, and it's just so weird to meet people and then kind of follow them online. It's that weird online relationship you sometimes have with people that maybe you haven't actually ever met. You know, and um, back in the day, it used to be a thing. Back in, back in my day, uh, back, back before like Facebook, it was kind of weird. You'd like meet people on random sites and you'd kind of buddy up with them and you'd add them to your whatever messenger or your email chains or whatever was, you know, there back in the day. And I mean, I've, I've got a handful of people I've like buddied up with over the last 20 plus years like just from the internet that i've never met and uh, it would be fun to actually meet some of these people but uh you know speaking of that if you're anywhere i mean like i said mike walsh is going almost corner to corner uh, across the state so if you guys want to go check him out there's plenty of range he's got to, to check out and uh it just leads me to say I, I should go check out a mike walsh show i've been enjoying the music videos i've been enjoying the music online and it's uh it's one of those things i feel like i'm missing out by not seeing the live show so i want to go see the live show sometime and uh, if you guys want to go see his live shows check out his uh, social media he's got live shows lined up uh including there was recently a live show for the uh, music video release which once again go check that out it is amazing music video for tennessee it's super good so there's links down below for all sorts of mike walsh goodies and uh not only that uh, if you guys are looking for other mike walsh stuff november 29th Mike Walsh's debut album comes out, and you guys are not going to want to miss it. So make sure you follow up on the social medias down below so you don't miss out on that. When it releases, it's going to be awesome. Uh, got to say thanks to Mike for uh, being on the podcast this week. I got to say thanks to everyone for listening, too. Thank you guys very much. If you guys are looking uh, to support the podcast, the easiest way to do it is to simply just share this episode. Did you stumble across this because you knew Mike, or did a, are you a weekly listener? Is this something that you think one of your friends might enjoy, or just send it off to him. Just send. There's a share button probably wherever you're listening. Just click it, share it. Uh, that's that's probably the easiest way. Other ways, uh, word of mouth is the other easiest way. It's foolproof. I don't know why it always works so well, especially in today's you know day and age of there's so much stuff out there and you can you can pretty much go on the internet and contact a zillion people if you want to. But word of mouth still for some reason is the best so if you like the podcast go ahead and share it with somebody otherwise if you want to support you can uh, subscribe like share if you're listening anywhere i'm sure there's a way to subscribe there's probably also a way to rate this podcast somehow uh, whether it be thumbs up or five stars or whatever you want to put on there just slap something on there let us know how we did uh, let us know what you think of the podcast the comments are always appreciated so thank you guys very much for that otherwise if you guys are looking to support monetarily there is the audible farm shop we got hoodies we got t-shirts we got other t-shirts we've got stickers we've got keychains and that's that's pretty much about it right now but that's about it but we got the hoodies in and it's cold weathers it's here and it's a hoodie weather and uh, i think it's time for me to upgrade my hoodie i wore my last audible farm hoodies uh pretty much complete completely clean out uh, I, I wore them so much that i wore them out and uh I guess that's what happens when you wear a hoodie, you know, as much as I've worn my Audible Farm hoodies. So I might snag one of them new ones and start parading that bad boy around. Uh, if you guys are looking for hoodies, they're on the shop. Otherwise, hit me up. 
come come see me at a show somewhere. I play with a lot of different people. I play with Three Finger Betty and sometimes with Jesse Wilson and sometimes with Clint Riedel. So if you guys can find them online or you want to follow them, check them out. I play uh, play online or play shows with them sometimes. So uh, go check it out. Yeah, I'll hit me up. I'll bring a hoodie for, with you. We can avoid some uh, shipping and such. And uh, we'll all win in the end in that one. So if you guys are looking to support otherwise, it's uh, Patreon, $1 a month, video versions of the podcast. And uh, it, that's that's it. You don't have to you don't have to support with the Patreon. You don't you don't have to buy any of this stuff if you don't want to. The podcast will always be free. Just let somebody know if you like it. Word of mouth. That's my favorite thing. Just high five someone. Hey, you listen to this week's Audible Farm podcast. That's it. End of story. Uh, maybe they'll be like, "What's that?" You could tell them all about it because that's uh, that's what good fans of things do. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But yeah, thank you guys very much for listening to this. I really appreciate it. I got to give a shout out once again to Mike Walsh. Such a cool guy out there. Like I said, he's just doing it. He's just doing it, and I love it. He seems to be having a blast doing it, and yeah, that's that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to check out that debut album when it comes out, Losing Control. It's going to be great. And uh, yeah, check out the links down below for Mike Walsh. Thanks again, Mike. We'll check you guys later. Peace.